Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. 1018 on the clock. Back with Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. This is the show for you investors. Singapore has unveiled a $33.2 billion landmark package to help the economy ride out what's been described as a black swan event, the COVID-19 pandemic. The budget's meant to support workers, businesses and the self-employed. This against a backdrop of economic contraction of 2.2% year over year and 10.6% quarter over quarter, according to the Ministry of trade and industry figures for the first quarter release yesterday. Will the resilience budget be enough to help Singapore outlast the downturn? Joining me now is Sumit Agarwal, Professor of Finance, Economics and Real Estate at the NUS Business School. Professor, top line, is this budget enough to stimulate the local economy? I think so. I mean, it's a bold move. Uh, It's a big move. If you think about it as a fraction of the GDP, it's around 11%. It's even bigger than what the U.S. has done because their $2 trillion rescue stimulus package is around 9%. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the kind of move the government needed to make to kind of bring back the confidence among the consumers, among the businesses, and also, I think, to some aspect among the market participants, financial market participants. The government is drawing up to $17 billion from our reserves, and this is only the second time that we have dipped into reserves. The first was during the global financial crisis of 2009. Professor, I want to learn what stood out for you in what's been described as a landmark budget. Uh, I think overall, I mean, look, in terms of uh, dipping into the reserves, I think that's why reserves are there for. Mm. Uh, And the government is being very... uh, correct in saying, okay, this is the time we need to kind of get the money from the reserves and use it to actually save the economy. Now, there are many aspects of this package that are very good. I mean, if you think about it, just to help the consumers on one side, they're being very prudent. They're saying 25% of the monthly wages up to 4600 for nine months, around $1,000 a month for nine months. So essentially, the government is already planning that this could last as much as six to nine months, and that's what we need to cover for, for the average uh, worker. And specific sectors where, which are more impacted, airlines and travel, they are doing much more, up to 75%. So that will essentially cover a huge chunk of their wages. That not only helps the consumer, but also helps the businesses. Because the business person now realizes, I don't need to lay people off because mm-hmm. the government is stepping in. So it's just, I'm going to furlough them or just suspend them for a while. And when things change, they will be back at work. So it's, it's, it's very thoughtful in that sense. Professor, there have been deferments in income tax payments for both the self-employed and companies and cash payouts for Singaporeans. Now, normally the advantage of direct support is an expected multiplier effect. But in times like these, when people can't go out, do you expect to see much of a multiplier effect? Uh, yes. I mean, in the past, we have seen that quite a lot. But those were demand shocks. This used in some sense as a supply shock. But we'll still see because people are still spending. I mean, now they are just buying groceries, getting them delivered. And Singapore is not in a lockdown like America or uh, other countries where there is no uh, those there is curfews in those countries. Singapore is still a very well functioning economy. I mean, this is in some sense a role model economy where other countries can see that how Singapore has dealt with the COVID crisis. So people are going about their ways. Uh, obviously, there is uh, they have to 
comply with all the new measures of safe distancing and and no going to pubs and stuff. But still, people have to eat, people have to buy groceries, and those expenses don't go away, but the wages have been cut or gone away in some sense. And speaking of wages, we are seeing wage support for vulnerable sectors like aviation and tourism. But if no one is flying and if no one can hold large conferences and if your business is down to practically zero, are we going to see businesses still largely keeping people on payroll? And if so, how long do you think this budget support could last? I mean, this budget support right now is for around nine months. So we expect that within a few months, uh, this should calm down and things should start going back to normal, I would suspect, by summer. Uh, by, by July, August, things should be back, uh, slowly going back to normal. And the government is being prudent and they're saying, let's, we want to give confidence to the business that they don't have to lay off, but so we'll extend the support even longer. So I think the, the employees and the employers should feel very safe with this support. Uh, still, there will be some layoffs. It's inevitable. Mm. Uh, but I think the mass layoffs that we would have thought, like what you just saw in the U.S. yesterday, that people who are claiming unemployment benefits jumped to, what, 3.4 million. I mean, th- those are staggering numbers mm. when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, so in Singapore, we have done much better because the government stepped in with some bold uh, stimulus packages uh, to help them. Sumit, you're a professor of economics and real estate at NUS. As retail stores and restaurants are being told to limit the number of people who can enter at one time and bars and other entertainment outlets are closed altogether, the number one concern of these businesses is paying the rent. In your view, should the government have mandated a rent holiday for all retailers and restaurants? Uh, I think we have to wait and see. Uh, Mandated sounds too strong. Uh, I think the, uh, there will there could be something like where there will be a deferment of payment that you can just not pay for the next three to six months, mm. which they have done for hawker centers that the hawker centers don't have to pay any 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 rent. I think that could be more broadened, and uh, I think we will see some some of that going forward. Uh, but if some of this also falls. Not the government doesn't have to do everything. The private sector can also step in in, in these times. And if you are a landlord, you can say to your, to, your, to your tenant that, look, for now I'm going to suspend and we will renegotiate that going forward. So we shouldn't really require the government to do everything. All right. And speaking of requiring the government to do everything, with this new supply budget, the government is going to run an unprecedented deficit of nearly 8% of GDP. You touched a little on this earlier, but I want to ask if you have any concerns about Singapore running a deficit this large. I mean, could it have an impact on long-term capacity building? Uh, Not really. I mean, look, if you do not take on a deficit at this point, when will you? I mean, these are unprecedented times. Mm. Uh, and first you need to save the economy and then wor- worry about what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, look, Singapore has huge reserves. It's a country that will actually bounce back faster and stronger in the region because every other country is really not even close to what Singapore has achieved through this crisis. Okay, so I think pe- business will come back and confidence will come back more so in Singapore than in other countries. And I think that will grow this economy even more so. So I think the deficit may be gone in a few months. 
uh, in, in a few years, I would suspect, mm. that because of the confidence measures that they've taken. Now, we've seen the Fed roll out a multitude of initiatives, not all at the same time, and Singapore has announced a number of fiscal schemes. Do you expect yes. MAS to introduce new measures on the monetary side, and, and what might these be? Uh, I think a few things that could be done uh, by, by the cyber rate could be reduced. And if the cyber rate is reduced, that will help uh, homeowners or even people who have bought durable goods, their interest rates to go down and their debt service burden to go down. And that's what we have seen around the world, how monetary policy can affect. But the problem is monetary policy is a blunt instrument, mm. unlike fiscal policy, where fiscal policy can be targeted. And that's what we have seen, how the fiscal policy uh, stimulus has worked right now. So monetary policy, you know, it, it's such a blunt instrument that some homeowners will benefit. But a lot of people who may be hurting may not be homeowners or may not actually own cars. So fine, they may not benefit from this kind of uh, blunt instrument. All right. Well, thank you for your views. Sumit Agarwal there is Professor of Finance, Economics and Real Estate at the NUS Business School. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.